Hello and welcome back to another episode of That Podcast. My name is Ryan Janke and I am joined by Pastor DJ Lura and Sarah DeYoung. How are we doing? It's early. It's so nice outside. It's yes. beautiful. It's, it's, it's almost a sin for us to be inside on a day like this because <laughs> it's been like frozen cold and stupid cold and yeah. all that mm-hmm. kind of cold for so long. It has been. It was beautiful last night, too, for mm-hmm. confirmation yeah. we were outside, a few of us. Best place to be. Get your vitamin D. Yeah. Yep. Load it up. Absolutely. I'm waiting for, uh, now that I'm basically full-time work from home, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for my like lap desk to come because I've got a hammock chair that is my guilty pleasure oh, that nice. I sit out in 24-7 in the summer. So I'm waiting for that to come so I can just be outside working. Nice. Now, have you tested your internet out there? Like, what if you get out there and then well, your internet doesn't work? This is one of the embarrassing things that uh, doesn't get talked about about my house is my roommate is a big gamer. I live with some friends who Mm -hmm. are getting married soon. And so Tyler has been a big gamer for a long time. So now when you say big gamer, you mean he's into Donkey Kong and Pac-Man? Yeah. Centipede. Mm -hmm. Asteroid. With with the Atari doing the little uh, space shooter thing. Perfect. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So before, I don't even know who we have for internet now, but... um, Previously, the bandwidth that was being consumed before I even moved in, it was so much that it was equal to a small business. Wow. We have very good internet solely for the reason of. If you're gaming, you need a lot. Yeah. And if if your children are both gaming or one is gaming and one is FaceTiming and you're trying to Zoom, you need even more. mm -hmm. You know what's so amazing about all that stuff is like, in my pocket, right, uh, and in if you have a smartphone, uh, you have a smarter uh, computer mm-hmm. than they had on like the Apollo, the the, mm-hmm. the, the that went to the moon. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. You've got a full building in your pocket. Well, yes. I even think about the fact of like it's no longer a second thought now to like oh I'm just gonna go on this app. I remember like one of my first cell phones when you accidentally hit that internet key and it was like oh. And, 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 and cancel, turn the phone off, throw it away, make sure you don't get on the internet because it was astronomical charges. Oh, yeah, right. Yep. And now it's no second thought at all. Yeah. Did you Unlimited. ever experience AOL? Oh, yeah. Dial-up? You did uh-huh. dial-up? Yes. And nice. I have slight trauma from dial-up because the plug was in my sister's room. So if mm-hmm. we were ever fighting and I was like on the internet trying to do something, she would just unplug it just a hair so it would totally crash. And then she'd be like, well, I don't know what went wrong. It, <laughs> I didn't do it. I think that's I think that's funny that there are, like my kids, and maybe your kid, probably your kids, DJ, mm-hmm. have no idea that there was a world before the internet. Yeah, no. You no. Know, like, I asked my kids the other day, how do you uh, mimic talking oh, on, yeah. a, on a cell phone? And I was surprised. Addie did go like this. Okay, for the those, like the, for those, yeah. we're, we're not, we're not. Okay. Uh, oh, they can't see. <laughs> we're not video recording yeah, okay, yet. Okay, all right. Hopefully, that's coming. <laughs> she did this, you know, this thing. The the like taking the, like, a hang bu- loose hand. The hang loose yeah, hand, or, or like a banana to your to your head. Yeah. For those of us who remember phones with cords, you had you had a receiving end and a hearing end on a little handle, mm-hmm. and so when you mimic that, you stick out your pinky finger and your your thumb thumb, and you. Put those up to your face. Mm-hmm. Um, my son goes like this. He holds his hands up like he's reading a book or with one oh, hand. Really? Yeah. So because that's what he's used to. 
Oh, yeah, Sarah, you mentioned this a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, right? So I asked my kids the same thing, and they looked at me like I had worms coming out of my ears and did the did the hang 10 thing. With, yeah. Yeah, they were like, why? why I, I think it's something that is kind of become universal regardless. And so the older you get, even if you've never experienced like a wired phone, mm-hmm. it's that's that's what you do. Well, even like... Like headpieces and things. Oh, right. yeah. Even like the safe key for word mm-hmm. it, for some people it's just a cool box they don't yeah. get it yeah ah. hmm. yep so it, it uh so uh, well I, and my point is i'm curious to see what happens to dylan who's still in his you know he's not he's still in single digits in age mm-hmm. as compared to my girls um whether that's going to change whether oh. it's going to become this mm-hmm. in time because at right. this point it's he holds both of his hands up like he's holding an ipad mm-hmm. or or one hand yeah. When talking on, what does it look like to talk on a phone? Right. Yeah. FaceTime. Yeah. It, uh, that's funny because, um, you know, my, our kids don't, there was no world before the internet for them. And like, I remember thinking, I can't figure out this MySpace. What is this? <laughs> you know, like. You weren't like coding to make oh, your top eight and homepage the coolest place to go? No, not, I wasn't. So I, I kind of feel for people who, you know, were well into adulthood because I don't, I you know, the internet came around when we were what, like juniors in high school? Like when it well, was. Well, when it was easy to access. Right, easy to access, Yeah. My first experience with the internet was actually a movie with uh, Ferris Bueller in it. I can't remember the actor's name, but Matthew War Games, War Games. Oh and yeah, I remember War he games. like like it's from like nineteen eighty three or War something. War Games was great, but I remember him taking his phone off and putting it down, and suddenly he's on the internet and able to get like into, you know, the government. Yeah, <laughs> and all this stuff. I just remember being like. I, I didn't get it. It didn't mm-hmm. make sense to me. It was it was like like science fiction. It was like right two thousand the movie two thousand ten or something like that. So my my uncle is deaf, and my grandma. You know you can you can go through a relay service, right? Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to call somebody who's deaf, you would call into this number, and then they would just be your your interpreter back mm-hmm. and forth. You know because the 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 deaf person texts or types to them and then you know back and forth back and forth well my grandma since my uncle was deaf bought like this way to communicate with my uncle and it was the same thing she would the phone would ring you'd put it on the or you know she'd call you'd Mm -hmm. put it on this little device and then you'd start typing back and forth Mm -hmm. and everything came through from Mm -hmm. one side to the other so Mm -hmm. that wasn't quite as foreign to me but yeah i get what you're saying well, and so, I mean, this generation has no idea of the struggles of hearing that screeching noise <laughs> that probably is the most annoying sound on the planet if mm-hmm. it continues. Right. But then just the, the, the validation when you finally hear that, da-da. Yep. Yes! <laughs> finally! And now we get mad if... And now we can go to a website and it'll take 15 minutes for the page to load. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So... Before we get started, uh, I just thought of this. I hadn't mentioned this to you guys before, but are we doing another dad joke off? I got a, a text from a listener asking if we were going to do that again. Do you, was remember, it a do you remember that? Yourself, Ryan? Have no, you no, training? it was Derek W. Okay. It was Derek okay. W. To be fair. 
Yeah. Just had to ask. What do we need to set up like a like a date and time and and uh, well, so last year last year Sean and I recorded one. Yes, yep. it was yep. great for yeah. Father's Day. For Father's Day, yeah. yeah. So he was wondering if we're doing that again. I think you should. But that reminded me of things that I do. Like last night after confirmation, we went to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how other kids, other people's kids, think you're fairly funny, mm-hmm. but your own kids think you're stupid. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> We went to McDonald's, the one on, on South U. I don't know if you've been in there lately, but after confirmation, we went there. And it's got all the, it's got the arrows, you know, and then so it's a, it's a circle with an arrow painted in the middle of it to show you which direction to go. Mm-hmm. So we pull up there and I stop for a second and I look and I said, man, they're even making the cars social distance now. This is getting out of line. <laughs> that did not go well. It's... It is a great thing when your friends' friends be, don't interact with you every single day like your own kids. Yep. And they actually find you humorous or nice. or witty yeah. or uh, intelligent. Yeah. And the looks on your own kids' faces is priceless. <laughs> yep. And they're just like, would you shut up? Oh, it's <laughs> almost like they look at their friends like, I've lost respect for you. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, I've heard that before. Don't encourage him. Don't encourage him. <laughs> so anyway, that's something to think about. I don't know if we want to do that, but we could have people send in their dad jokes. Mm-hmm. That's their, their that's favorite dad jokes for for Father's Day. We got what two two months? Just about not quite. Well, let's make it official right now. For those of you listening to that podcast, we want you to send in your favorite dad joke. You can do it via. Um, a little video clip of yourself, or mm-hmm. you can just type it out and send it to uh, that podcast. What, what is our? How do we? How do they get stuff to us? Well, they could they could go to thatpodcast.net mm-hmm. and, and email s- it in that. Yep, way. Yep, send it there. Uh, they can go to Facebook, fa- message it to us. Yeah, Facebook. We have the the uh, that podcast Facebook page. Mm-hmm. They could do it that way. They could email. They could email me. Mm-hmm. Our R Janky J A N K E at atonementfargo.org. Perfect. Um, yeah. Those all sound like like good ways to get them in. So here's your chance. Here's your chance to hear your best dad joke. Yep. Uh so so send it on in and 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 it's good times. That'll be great. I hope we get like two thousand jokes. <laughs> and the video goes on for like <laughs> four hours. And we have to be like, not everybody could make it. It'd be like like uh AFV, just one long Dad joke. Yep. Yeah. That's good. Good. All right. Well, that's going to be fun. That was that was uh, mm-hmm. unexpected. Good request. Well, I like it. I love how things come together. Just <laughs> random thoughts. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Okay, okay we're going to do it. <laughs> Sounds good. So um, I have in my injured hand... Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want, do you want yeah. to share yeah, what'd you do? what happened? Because well, it looks uh, like you're ready to go bowling. Uh, well, I'd, I'd like to share, but I really don't know. I woke up one morning and um, my uh, the, the only way I can describe it is like the tendon that attaches to my thumb is sticky. Like, like my thumb will click out of place and then to click it back into place it hurts really bad. So I'm self-medicating. Like, okay. yeah, I didn't actually go into the doctor because... You know, I'd have to pay a copay and then pay for a wrist brace that I bought at Walmart for ten bucks. Okay, so so you're not self 
medicating. You're not taking self well, I'm, taking ib- I'm, I'm taking ibuprofen as well. Oh, okay. Because I'm sure that would be part of the plan, right? I've seen saying elsewhere. Like or I know what's going. Are you icing it too, or heating pad, or? <laughs> Sarah has no idea one. what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, yeah. Chicago, uh, Chicago Hope. Mill- it, mill- mill- millennial home- homework. Go look up St. Elsewhere. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, I have no idea what I did to it. Uh, I've had the wrist brace for like three days now. If it's not better in a week, I suppose I'll have to go in, but I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. But anyway, in that hand, I hold a sermon note. Hold on, before you get into that, uh, Sarah, have you ever seen Boy Meets World? Yeah. Okay. Saint Elsewhere has one of the greatest actors who gets literally no credit. He's been in three huge TV shows. I don't know what else he's been in, but he was the voice of Kit in Knight Rider. Yeah. Yep. The the mustachioed guy from Boy Meets World. Yep. The older guy. Mr. Feeney? Yeah, Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney. And he's also in Saint Elsewhere. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Worth watching then. Right? Mr. Feeney. Just had to connect the dots. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Absolutely. Plus the guy from uh, the Green Mile, which I just saw for the first time, is is uh, one of the people from St. Elsewhere. The tall guy. Tom Hanks? No, no. no not Tom Hanks. He, was, no. he wasn't in St. De- Elsewhere, was he? He just died recently. Oh. Tom Hanks? No. <laughs> the oh. guy you're talking about. But no, this has Denzel Washington in it. That's the negotiator. This girl? Denzel was in St. Elsewhere? That's Denzel Washington. Apparently he was. That was a long time ago. I don't remember Denzel being in there. That's got to be on Netflix or something. I oh, go it, back has, and it has to be. Premium if, subscription. If it's, <laughs> if it's not, it's a crime. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, what was the other guy, the comedian that was in there? The the germaphobe. Uh, um, oh, uh, Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. He was in it too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, hey, Howie. You never know if Howie's a listener or it not. It also has, um, <laughs> he's an NCIS. What's his name? Oh, Mark Harmon. Mm-hmm. A lot yep. of famous people. It's fun to go oh. back and look at those old shows and be like, oh, I didn't realize this person was in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, well, good. I'm glad we could bring St. Elsewhere into the into the mix, <laughs> too. Put that one in the uh, tags or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll at Howie Mandel for this episode. He's pretty active on Twitter, your favorite <laughs> social media. Somebody has to be active on Twitter. Oh. What what are you going to put in for the tagline for this one? Like that podcast about St. Elsewhere, Howie Mandel, um, Denzel Washington. Dad jokes. Uh, AOL uh, internet yep. connection. Oh, man. <laughs> Just going to go on. That podcast about, about the 80s to 90s. Maybe, maybe that's why I'm wearing this brace because of all the tags that I have to put in all the podcasts all the time. It's my space bar oh. thumb. That would explain <laughs> it. Got to be more ergonomical. <laughs> All right. In my hand, I have a sermon note. How did, didn't Rush Limbaugh let do this? Yeah, yes, you got a, in your. Yep, yep. And I have a sermon note, uh, and I won't mention the student's name, but under the section labeled any other thoughts, well, first she has an arrow and it says flip. But then when I flip, it says, I've heard a lot about the second coming when Jesus comes back, and I just wanted more information about it. Cool. Do we yeah. have more information, or we have tons we gonna, are we gonna of leave information? Her, leave her hanging. We're going to start a whole new pa- podcast just on answering the questions about the second coming at that podcast, <laughs> because there is so much material out there, and there's literally two thousand years of speculation 
by Christians um, about what, what's going to happen at the second coming, how, what are the signs of the second coming, all kinds of stuff. And so um, rather than me getting into a, a long lecture, because we could go on and on and on about this, I just want to start by asking you guys, like, what questions do you have? Because mm. everyone does. It doesn't matter if you're a learned scholar or someone in confirmation. Mm-hmm. It's something that we wonder about because it's it hasn't happened yet. Right. But there's the hope of it if you're a Christian. Yeah. Right? So... Let's let's just start there. Do you guys have any questions about the second coming that that you want more detail about, or do you have anything like I heard that this is what's going to happen? Don't don't ask me that question. <laughs> I used to work for the city of Fargo, and I worked on overnights and listened to George Nori. You don't want to ask me. Have you heard anything? <laughs> because I have. <laughs> well, I guess what I'm saying is that I can help to make sense of some of that stuff or maybe point you in a direction or I'll just throw my hands up and say, you got me. I have no idea what that is. How are we going to know? How are we going to know? How are we going to know that it's really Jesus? How are we going to know that it's really Jesus? Yes, because I've heard, because I was on overnights for many years, that they can set up a hologram all over the world where you think that it's Jesus, but Mm -hmm. it's not actually him. Yeah, sure. Coming down from the clouds or something silly. Right, right, right. So there's a couple things about the second coming of Jesus that are kind of givens in scripture. Um, Here's, here's bare bones without getting into all kinds of details. What do we believe about the second coming? We believe that um, in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, mm-hmm. and on the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. Mm-hmm. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Mm-hmm. So, at if nothing else, that is the uh, orthodox understanding of the second coming, that it's going to happen. All the details can get a little, well, okay, maybe, maybe not, but... This, that's a given. He will come again. Now, what do we know about Jesus coming again according to scripture? Um, We know that it will be, first of all, from Jesus' own words, there will be many who will say that they're Christ. Mm -hmm. There will be many who will act as if they are Christ. There may very well be a hologram that's thrown up uh, by they, whoever they are. Or David Koresh. David Koresh. To fool people into thinking that Jesus has come again. Mm -hmm. What the scriptures tell us is that Jesus will return in the way that he left, and it won't be an event that's limited just to the apostles. The entire world will know. Mm -hmm. Think of it like, this this isn't the best example, but think of it like, like, do you remember watching the movie Independence Day? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, there's these huge things in the sky, and everyone knows it, and there's no questioning it. You can look up and see it. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it'll be like that. Um, scripture talks about like this trumpet sound that will blare everywhere mm-hmm. and all will know. You're not going to be like, well, I slept in yesterday and I turned on the news and it said <laughs> Jesus came and I missed it. No, no, no. Everyone will know and everyone will hear. Mm-hmm. Like you will see Jesus and hear him even if it's him only localized in one location. Like it, it will be a given to the entire creation that Jesus has come. Mm-hmm. What happens next, according to Paul, is that the dead will 
be raised. Now, what does this mean? Yeah, that's an interesting question too. Did you have something on your mind? It looked like you might have had a question. No, I didn't. Not oh, yet. I did. I didn't I, want I, to interrupt. I you. have a question, but it, she's no, holding. She's holding on to it. Oh, I got you. I got you. So, um, and this is a question that Paul was answering to the church in Thessalonica. Uh-huh. So in Thessalonians, it talks about how I don't want you to be unaware because what was happening in Thessalonica is everyone was like waiting for Jesus to come back mm-hmm. and they weren't like taking care of their neighbors. Right. And they weren't working. Mm-hmm. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. You need to not be idle. You need to obey Jesus, which means doing the things that he called us to do, which is love God, love neighbor, mm-hmm. share the gospel, get involved in the world. He'll come back like a thief in the night. No one's going to see him coming. Right. Yep. But everyone's going to know when he shows up. Mm-hmm. And so Paul says the the dead who uh-huh. already rest in the Lord will, will be raised first. And I take this to mean when you compare it to what Revelation says, mm-hmm. that all of the saints in heaven will be coming with Jesus. Yeah, that's okay. an interesting one because, um, you know, there, there's different places where you can read different things. And so that, that, it, that's a question where, I mean, are, are you, are you like dead, dead until, you know, dead, dead, dead as a doornail, dead, 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 you know, the one. <laughs> and then, so basically like, because, um, you know, I don't, I don't have, I'm not Paul here. Right. But right. somewhere in there does, uh, uh, um, you know, it talks about people sleeping. Yeah. And so, well, and Paul uses that language also by saying that, uh, in talking to the folks in Thessalonica, that uh, uh, <clears throat> they're not dead, they're asleep. Right. And Jesus even uses that language. Yeah. Speaking about the uh, Jairus' daughter. Right. She's, she's not dead, she's asleep. Right. Um, is Jairus' daughter? He went, he went and lifted someone, and they're, they're like, no, she's dead. And he's like, no, she's sleeping. She's sleeping. Right. So, I mean... W- w- I guess this is now more, more so in the in the interim. Like. It, so it's important to understand, and, and this is, okay, two things. Remember this phrase, write it down, write it, write it on your forehead and on, on, your, on your wrists, have it with you always. Scriptura sacra sui ipsius interpris. That says it all, okay, right, how guys? Do, how do you spell mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Okay. Q-Y-N. <laughs> okay. Scripture interprets itself. Mm-hmm. The mistake that we all that we make is we want to interpret what scripture is saying. But if you come to scripture faithfully and let scripture speak, mm-hmm. it's going to interpret itself and it's going to interpret us. Usually when people try to interpret the Bible, the error that they make is they read the figurative language literally and the literal language figuratively. Mm-hmm. Um Scripture itself is going to tell you whether it's literal or figurative. It's it's called reading the context. So you can't just read one verse. You got to read everything that leads up to it and beyond it to make sense of it. And you have to compare. Okay, uh, Paul is talking about the second coming. John in Revelation talks about the second coming. They're talking about the same thing. They're using a little bit different language, but mm-hmm. what what are they getting at? That's that's so in comparing Thessalonians to Revelation, who are the dead and where are they coming from? Are they like, you know, thriller coming out of the ground? Mm-hmm. Is it like the walking? No, no, no. It's the saints who've already died are coming with Christ. You asked a different question. Are they asleep in the interim? Right. Um, this is another question of speculation. Uh, Martin Luther even talked about this thing called soul sleep. And think of it this way. 
during the time of Martin Luther, even during the time of of the apostles in the first generation, mm-hmm. they didn't think of creation in terms of dimensions. For example, we exist in four dimensions, up, down, left, right, forward, back, and time. Mm-hmm. Well, the issue that throws people with this kind of stuff is usually the question of time. Right. Um, God is outside of space and time. Those are things of the creation. God is the creator. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so from our perspective, grandma died, you know, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Is she already with Jesus or not? Well, the answer is she's already with Jesus, but it's outside of space and time. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she's been sitting around the last 50 years staring at you. Right. It could very well be that the next moment that you see Jesus is the same moment that grandma sees Jesus, even though they're removed from time by 50 years. Mm-hmm. It's because it's outside of space and time. It's not happening in real time. Right. To us it is because 50 years have gone by. Right. So, I mean, that's one way to think about what happens next. Yeah. Um, but I I also like the imagery of Revelation to say that um, in Revelation, there's this constant returning to the throne room. Um, when people read Revelation, an error is to read it um, sequentially, as if it's a, a sequence of events like a timeline, like mm-hmm. the Gospels. The Gospels are, 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 they have a timeline. Right. Revelation doesn't work on a timeline. It works on cycles of vision. So it's like a roller coaster. Think of six loop-de-loops on a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And the the top of the loop-de-loop, it has two tops, the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. They be so, so with each one of the cycles, it starts going down the loop and things get bad, things get worse, things get unbearably horrible. And then just before destruction of everything, you're whisked back up into the heavenly throne room. Now, who's in the heavenly throne room? Well, the saints. Mm-hmm. Along with, along with the, the four living creatures, which represent all of ordered creation in right relationship with God, because they're, they're, they're surrounding the throne. They're surrounding God. So it's the way things are supposed to be. You have, you have the four living creatures, and then you have the 24 elders. And this represents all of creation being in a right relationship with God, where God is, is in his rightful place, and we are in relationship to God in our rightful place. And so God's will is to be done on earth as it is in heaven. You have this in each of these cycles where it returns into the heavenly throne, you already have the saints there Mm -hmm. and you have the saints who've died lifting up their pleas to God. Now you can't take revelation literally because it's not meant to be read in a literal fashion. It's meant to be read figuratively with all kinds of word pictures and images. Yeah. But it, it does have, kind of the truth of um, what's going on behind the scenes. Because Revelation pulls back reality and and looks into the the spiritual realm and what's mm-hmm. happening there, okay? Um, so I don't think you, you need to get caught up I- into whether or not, you know, someone is laying in the ground as if they would even know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the very least, a person, once they die, enters into a heavenly sleep and no time passes for them. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm... One who's like, Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Right. So the very next moment, I, I usually go with Jesus on these things. Right, yeah. Even, in, even, even more than other writers in scripture. But mm-hmm. the next thing you experience after you die is Jesus yeah. and paradise. Now, is that then, all right, uh, everybody come with me. We're, we're going back. Well, only, only God can say. Mm-hmm. 
So did I make that way more more confusing than it needed to be? No, I don't. I don't think so. No, um, that was just always a, a question, you know, that I've had. Like, I don't know if you've all had surgery, but I've been out a few times, and you're like, yep. okay, count backwards from a hundred, which they could say just count backwards from one, yeah. which would be plenty. But, and then all of a sudden, I'm out, and it's like. And the world is back, you know, just happens like the snap of a finger. Right. right. And, and I'm wondering, is that like how it is? Like, you know, that's, that's what I picture. Cause mm-hmm. it makes sense to me. Right. Um, but even if it isn't, it's the next thing you will know after you die is you're going to be with Christ. Now, mm-hmm. what does it mean that, that the, the saints will rise first? Well, when Jesus is shown to sight, right. Mm-hmm. Well, all the saints will be with him. And then those who are still on the ground, it says, will be raised bodily into the air to be with him. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is erroneously thought of as proof of what's called the rapture. Oh yeah, um, but the rapture, and I hope I'm 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 going to get so much hate mail for this. <laughs> the rapture is actually an um, it's an error. It's a misreading of scripture that makes the Apostles' Creed into Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead, and then he'll come again to judge the living and the dead. Mm-hmm. It like does the stutter step so that there's not one return of Jesus, there's two. Mm-hmm. So he, he has a second coming, and that's to rapture up all of the saints before all the bad stuff really starts to happen. And then he comes a third time to judge the living and the dead. And, and as strange as this may sound, the vast, vast, vast... Um, uh, body of Christians throughout the world do not believe in the doctrine of the rapture. Mm-hmm. It's actually a very small group of Christians historically, but they're all located primarily in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> so the rapture is very much an American concept that developed in the 1800s mm-hmm. and and is tied into one understanding of the end of all things that's called... Um, uh, uh, dispensational premillennial—it's really long. Dispensational premillennialism. I think you just made that up. I did. I just I just made up a word. Um, it's <laughs> kind of like that other one, scriptura sacra sui ipsius interpris. <laughs> My point being is that is that there's a there's a uh, um, a subculture in Christianity that thinks very highly of that and it's absolutely necessary for their understanding of the roadmap of the end of all things. Mm-hmm. Catholics, Lutherans, Orthodox, um, basically the Orthodox, the Catholic, and the Protestant um, um, wings of Christianity do not follow that understanding and do not see it in Scripture. It's it's primarily a subgroup of evangelicals. Okay. Um, the E-Free Church. Mm-hmm is basically founded on dispensationalism. Okay. Um in its for its worldview. And look, I'm not I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that that's not where we're just at. Just explaining it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um if the items that happen in the way that they do and frankly I kind of hope the rapture is a real thing because from a a the traditional view which is erroneously called amillennialism. Mhm. But it's it's the traditional view of Christianity going back to the time of Saint Augustine around 300 A.D. Okay, um, is that before the end, Satan is going to be released, 
there's not going to be a rapture, which means that the church is also going to be in the tribulation mm -hmm. at the end before Christ returns. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. Now, I'm going to just step away from that because maybe I'm creating more questions too. So what questions do you have? Well, so how... How do we get the, you know, 2012, how, how what's the well, map of the, the end of the world? That's the Incans, isn't it? Well, or yeah, the Mayans the, is 2012? The, the how do people get the math of this is the end of the world, this sure. is when Jesus is coming back? So, yeah, I mean, and Jesus says right from the get-go, when he's talking about the signs of, of his second coming, mm -hmm. the, the coming of the age, it, it's spoken of as a couple of things. The, the second coming of Jesus is, is spoken of as the day of the Lord, which in the Old Testament was basically judgment, judgment day. Mm -hmm. um, well, the day of the Lord is, according to the biblical witness, it's, it's, that is doubled up. The day of the Lord happens at the cross, and yet God does something new with the resurrection, and it opens up this whole new season, which it wasn't the end of the world, but rather... Um, a time of grace and a time of the Holy Spirit where God is redeeming as many saints, as many sinners through faith in Jesus to be saints before he wraps everything up. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because God is a long-suffering, merciful God. Hey guys, I want to take a minute to highlight a great organization you should know about, The Next Step ND. Abuse, abandonment, poverty, and neglect leave thousands of people hopeless after being trafficked. After shelter care, these victims have a long road ahead of them. Once on their own, many experience depression, suicidal thoughts, and are vulnerable to entering the sex industry again. For most, safe employment and higher education remain out of reach. Without an advocate, there is little hope for them. The Next Step ND is here to bridge the gap and meet the needs of those who have been trafficked or have been affiliated with human trafficking and are looking for long-term healing and restoration. To learn more about The Next Step ND or how you can support the work they do, visit thenextstepnd.org or check them out on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube by searching The Next Step ND. And now, back to the show. Where do people get these dates? They look at the witness of Scripture. They read into Scripture what is not meant to be literal. They make it literal. Like, and, and they make things that are meant to be figurative um, into, in, into a literal number. Mm -hmm. So, like, you get, like, the number 1,000. Is that a literal number or is that a figurative number? Well, in the Old Testament, it's often figurative. It's, it's tied to forever and it's tied to completion. Um, But sometimes, but if you take that and you and you count backwards within the time frame of of the Bible, uh, you come to certain dates. Like like some people will say the world is like I don't know five thousand or six thousand years years old. Okay, um, you know others say the world is like a billion years old. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Right. The issue, you know, I wasn't there. <laughs> the issue is always time. But if you start doing that and you backdate things, then you can make certain assumptions in Scripture and then say, okay, well. Um, like there was this, this, this theory that goes all the way back to the beginning of Christianity and it's speculation about when will the end come. Now, what does Jesus say? No one knows the day or the hour. No, he says it over and over again. I, I looked up all of them. No one knows. No one knows. No one knows. He'll come like a thief. 
Except for this F. Kenton B. Shore. <laughs> he seems to know. He seems oh. to know. It says, uh, this American pastor bases his prediction on the prior suggestion that Jesus would return in 1988 within one biblical generation, 40 years, of the founding of Israel in 1948. Uh, but Here we go into dispensationalism. This is dispensationalism. Dispensationalism, what you're talking about. Bishore argues that the prediction was incorrect, or was correct, but that the definition of a biblical generation was incorrect and was actually 70 to 80 years, placing the second coming of Jesus between 2018 and 2028, with the rapture being 2021 at the latest. So we're right here. We're right at oh, it. This is it. I had to think what day it was. I'm like, <laughs> what? 2018. What <laughs> but this is what you're talking about, right? This like, mm-hmm. that exactly that is a perfect example, textbook example of premillennial dispensationalism. So Wikipedia example. Well, okay. So pre means before the millennium or the literal thousand year reign of Christ on earth. Mm-hmm. And dispensationalism means that all of human history has been cut up into dispensations. Mm-hmm. And uh, this goes back to something called the Schofield Reference Bible. Um, and, and it's been influential that way. The Left Behind series is based on it. Yeah. Uh, if you ever heard of uh, Hal Lindsey, he's, he's a dispensationalist that's, that's kind of well-known. Um, and it, it looks at what's happening in the culture and tries to tie that to biblical references. What, what I was saying is that you go back to, the, to 100 AD, the expectation was that Jesus was going to return in everyone's lifetime. And so even then you had you had writers that began to talk about, well, this 7,000-year reign of humanity. There would be 6,000 years of human history and then a 1,000-year literal reign. This is, this is what's known as historic premillennialism. Mm-hmm. Premillennialism, not premillennial dispensationalism, but premillennialism is as old as Christianity— um, but right alongside it is what's what what has been improperly coined as amillennialism. Mm-hmm. Um, I just prefer to it as the traditional view. Okay. About revelation is that um, one says there will be a literal thousand year reign after Christ returns, mm-hmm. and dispensationalism dispensationalism argues that what's going to happen is. Now that um, Jerusalem, or now that Israel's a nation again, this this is really what got the fervor of it going when Israel became a nation again. Mm -hmm. What needs to happen next is that the temple needs to be rebuilt. Mm -hmm. When that happens, the prophecy clock that goes back to Daniel chapter 9, verses 26 through 27 or something like that, that that was stopped. Mm -hmm. The day of the Lord was stopped. And the reason it was stopped is because the Jewish nation did not accept Jesus as the Messiah. So God basically put a stop on all the prophecies for Israel in the Old Testament that that dispensationalists think have not been fulfilled yet. Okay. That is Israel and the church are two separate things right. under dispensationalism. And so the stop clock was put on hold for this, this time known as the church age. Mm-hmm. And what's going to start the prophecy clock again is the reestablishment of the temple on the temple mount and and beginning sacrifices again when that happens that will be when the rapture takes place and all christians all all true christians 
will be raptured into heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like like if the Left Behind movie or the, with Nicolas Cage or the Left Behind series. Um, poof. Right. And then we'll begin what's known as the seven-year Great Tribulation, which is taking literally seven years from... Um, Actually, it's a week. It's it's taking figuratively a week to be uh, seven days to be seven years from Daniel, and there will be suffering for all of the ungodly who were not raptured. And it's kind of like the last chance to come to faith in Jesus in those seven years. And after those seven years are done, the Battle of Armageddon will take place. Mm-hmm. The Antichrist will have shown himself. I think three and a half years into the into the tribulation. Mm-hmm. And there will be this massive war, and then Jesus will return. Mm-hmm. And then what will happen will be a thousand-year literal kingdom on earth that is overseen by Jesus and the saints and will suppress all of the ungodly because mm-hmm. Satan will be bound. And after a thousand-year, a literal thousand years, Satan will be released, and there will be kind of this this final confrontation and then the new heaven and the new earth will be established and the old heaven and the old earth will be thrown. Mm -hmm. All of that is a timeline that takes literal things that are meant to be figurative and takes figuratively things that are meant to be literal. Mm -hmm. But that's dispensationalism. Okay. Um, And I've just kind of given you like a little bit of a bumpy roadmap that there's more to it. There's Mm -hmm. all kinds of different things. And a lot of it has to do with what's happening in our, in our world. Right. Like uh, under dispensationalism, the mark of the beast six 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 can be like a barcode, yeah. Or, <laughs> um, yeah, and and so the mark of the beast. Um, I've heard it. Um, I've heard it suggested that that was Rome way back in the day, like yep. seventy A.D. Well, the 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 earliest interpretation, and and you know the one that is is most historically correct is that six six six, then the mark of the beast refers to Nero. Emperor mm-hmm. Nero. That would be the easiest interpretation. Right. Um, it's it's in dispensationalism that that doesn't work. I mean, many many of these ideas can can be placed in real time when Revelation was written. If you want to know who Revelation is written for, it says right at the beginning, to the seven churches in Asia Minor. Mm-hmm. We often read it as to the church in North America in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an, that's a misreading of scripture. That's not taking. That's not allowing scripture to interpret you. Mm-hmm. You're trying to interpret scripture based on our own um, suspicions and our mm-hmm. own biases. Right. Let scripture speak to you, and it says something differently. The message of Revelation is amazing. Mm-hmm. In fact, there is only one Revelation. People also can get make the mistake of calling the Book of Revelation Revelations. Right. Plural. Because of dispensationalism. Mm-hmm. All these little prophecies are going to happen in a certain way. It not, No, it's not. I'm very doubtful it is. And I'm someone who's kind of a recovered dispensationalist. <laughs> because when I finally started reading scripture uh-huh. and reading the reformers like Luther, it's like, oh, well, that makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. But you can't look at Revelation as sequential because it doesn't allow it to be. If you try to read Revelation sequentially, your head is going to explode because mm-hmm. it's just like none of this stuff matches up, and it's meant to be that way. It's a series of cycles that are revealing the same event, mm-hmm. and th- what is that event? It's it's the second article of the Apostles' Creed: Jesus Christ, 
Son of God, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. Mm-hmm. He ascended into heaven, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Mm-hmm. So if you start there and you start with Jesus just saying, no one knows the day or the hour, Jesus also says some other things. He says, you're going to see strife. You're going to see war. Mm-hmm. You're going to see um, signs in nature, like like the moon going dark. All these things have been going on since 70 AD. Right. And when you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when Jesus talks about the end times, he talks about this sign. And the disciples get it wrong because he says, I tell you the truth, not one stone will remain on this temple. It'll all be torn down. Mm-hmm. Now, the disciples take that to mean, well, the day of the Lord will be the same time that this is torn down. Mm-hmm. And so they say to him in private, Peter, James, uh, John, and Andrew come to Jesus in private and say, so when, when will these things take place? Mm-hmm. They're thinking he's talking about the end of the world. Right. He's not. He's talking about two different events. And so the way to differentiate it when you're reading it is you got to pay attention to when Jesus says in those days and on that day. Because mm-hmm. he's warning about something that is happening in 70 AD. What happens in 70 AD is the temple is destroyed by Rome and the sacrificial system of the Old Testament, the old way of interacting with God, is completely done. Mm -hmm. What remains is the new way or the new covenant that is faith in Jesus Christ as the only sacrifice. So what happens in 70 AD through the second coming of Jesus, there's this time of Jesus' warning, stay awake. Mm-hmm. Stay faithful. We are one day closer to what we call the eschaton or the mm-hmm. end of all things. And we have been for 2000 years, but all of the signs that Jesus warns about have been there for 2000 years, mm-hmm. nations rising against nation yep. signs in, in nature of like the moon turning red and right. And different stuff like that. Yeah. I don't remember where, where I started with this point. <laughs> oh, it, it, it all ties into the temple. Because the temple was destroyed. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, for someone who holds to the traditional view, it just means that the reign of Christ has already begun. Like mm-hmm. the thousand-year reign has already begun, but it's not literal. It's figurative. Mm-hmm. It means complete. It means forever. And the reign of Christ begins at the cross, at his resurrection. Well, when Revelation talks about binding Satan, when is Satan actually bound? At the cross. Mm-hmm. At Christ's resurrection, Satan is bound. But it's it's figurative. It's the kingdom of God has already come among us, but not by sight. It's by it's by hearing and by faith. Well, Revelation does the same thing with images. It'll talk about what John hears and what he sees. Mm-hmm. I heard of the twelve tribes, um, hundred and forty four thousand people. That's not literal, it's figurative. Mm-hmm. The literal part is where he says, and I saw people of all tribes and nations and tongues beyond count. Yeah. Or I heard about the line of Judah. Okay? Yeah. That's, that's the image of the Messiah in the Old Testament. I saw the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. So, and that's Jesus. Yeah. Um, he does this over and over again in Revelation. It's the same It's the same vision based on what he heard, what he was expecting, and what he actually saw. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same with the new heaven and the new earth. It's the thousand-year reign and the new heaven and the new earth are speaking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
I heard that, that, you know, Christ would reign for a thousand years. What I see is a new heaven and a new earth where he is permanently with us forever. Yeah. And, and that's, that's yeah. the pieces of revelation that people can get lost up in right. and make into this sequence of, well, this has to happen and this has to happen and this has to happen. And right. And it, it's, it's interesting, you know, having this conversation and, and thinking of other things that where, you know, we, we interpret that we interpret as, well, it's a no brainer, mm-hmm. but it's kind of along the same lines. Like when Jesus says, um, uh, this temple will be torn down in three days, built again. And at the time, they were thinking a literal building temple, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but it was it was him. And this kind of is the same sort of thing, right? Like, well, it, he he talks about that too. In John, he mentions they said, "Give us a sign." He said, "Tear down this temple and in three days, I'll raise it up." And it, and in there, John says he was talking about his body. Mm-hmm. But there is a place where Jesus tells about the destruction of the temple that does happen in 70 AD, and he warns about um, the the desolation of abominations. Yes. Which is mentioned in Daniel. Well, a lot of what Daniel is saying happens in the first century, mm-hmm. and it leads up to the first century. Like, Daniel shows the different empires that are going to come up, but you have to read it figuratively rather than literally. Like, no one thinks that there's a literal, like, beast from Beauty and the Beast who's going to be walking the ground. The the beast, the imagery of the beast is taken as figuratively to be like a world leader who is who's the anti-Jesus, the anti-Christ. The anti-Christ, yeah. Right? But even that language, anti-Christ is never mentioned in the book of Revelation. Not once. Mm-hmm. But in but this is scriptura sacra sui ipsius interpris. The man of lawlessness, anti-Christ are mentioned in um, other letters. In in first and second John we hear about Antichrist in Thessalonians, Paul, Second Thessalonians, Paul talks about the man of lawlessness will need to come before the end. This mm-hmm. is basically saying that things are going to get worse before they get better. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, it's just, it's going to happen. Yeah. It doesn't mean that Christ is not in control. He is. He can come back today if he wants to. Right. Um, and I, I don't, <laughs> every generation does this. Boy, it was sure better <laughs> back in my day, kids these days. <laughs> but I mean, there is this warning about like, Satan's influence will be manifest mm-hmm. for everyone to see. And by that point, if things are so bad, no one's going to care anyway. Right. It's going to, you know, bad is good, good is bad. Mm-hmm. Then Christ will come again. Um, that's going to happen. Yeah. The issue where things get, get sketchy, and as I mentioned before, is are Christians going to be on earth before all the bad stuff happens? The church traditionally has said yes. It's only in the last hundred and something years mm-hmm. with dispensationalism that's like, nope, true Christians are going to be raptured. Mm-hmm. Um, can I share something with you that I think is kind of funny? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, if you, and again, I don't want to offend anybody because if, if dispensationalism is how you understand things, as long as your faith is in Jesus Christ and that he's going to come again, we're not at odds. Um, right. Even the early church talked about this thing you know, the premillennial writers like Justin Martyr, very famous theologian early on in Christianity, was like, "Well, I'm, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a physical thousand-year reign of Jesus, mm-hmm. but there are many right and true Christians that don't agree with me on this. It's not a point of salvation, or it doesn't affect our relationship as Christians to disagree on speculative events that haven't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Like I, I you know." Um, 
I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and if he chooses to rapture me before things get really bad, woohoo. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it in Scripture, and part of it has to do with this reading here. Um, if I can find it. Jesus talks about... How, how much of... The, oh, here it is. Go to Matthew chapter 24 in your Bibles, and then, we, then, then we'll go to the next thing. Okay. I just want to read this real quick. Matthew, Matthew 24? Matthew 24. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all of them talk very similarly about Jesus coming again. And in all three of them, Jesus, Jesus messes with two different events, the destruction of the temple and his second coming, that they're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so in dispensationalism, because it is the same thing, they need the temple restored so that it can get destroyed a third time. Mm-hmm. Um, in the traditional view, it's not necessary because it's two different events. The destruction of the temple in 70 AD does not need to get reconstructed and get destroyed again for Jesus to come back mm-hmm. because it, it shows that it's two different events. But it talks about something that is used as, well, this is a sign of the rapture. Um, where are you at? You're on Matthew 24. Wh- which verses are you referring to? So um, it's when he talks about um, the time of the time of Noah. It'll be like the time of Noah. So I just want to read through um, chapter 24, verses. Let's see if I can find it. I think it's 36 through 39. Okay. 36 through 39. No one knows the day or the hour is the little subheading I have for that. Yep. Okay. Well, and this is why it's important to understand what's going on. No, but concerning that that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the son, but the father only. Okay. So, who knows when when Jesus is going to come back? No one knows. Right. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the son of man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Okay, then in verse 40 it says, Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Verse 41, Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day... Your Lord is coming. Okay, so that is often pointed to, there's two verses that are pointed to the rapture. Mm-hmm. This talking about the days of Noah, mm-hmm. where one one will be taken and, and the other one left behind. Yep. It's where we get this term, left behind. Did right? you know Kirk Cameron was snubbed again, by the way, in the Oscars? The well, that's just, a, that's just a travesty. Yeah, it's terrible. I'm sorry. One of our great actors. I like Kirk Cameron a lot. Uh, he is, he is, yeah, he's a dispensationalist too. Um. But think about the time of Noah. Who were the ones that were taken and who was left behind? Every, In the flood, who was taken and who was left behind? Noah and, and uh, his family was left behind, right? And everyone else was taken, yeah, right? Yeah. When people talk about the rapture, they reverse what Jesus is saying here. That hmm. being taken is the rapture. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And it left behind is bad. That's not what Jesus is saying. Hmm. Yeah. It, so is it talking about a rapture prior, seven years prior to the final judgment, or is it talking about the final judgment? It's talking about the final judgment mm-hmm. when the Son of Man will come. 
Just like we say in the Apostles' Creed, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. It doesn't say he'll come first and bring all true Christians into heaven, and then he'll come to judge the living and the dead. This is talking about Jesus coming in again to judge the living and the dead, and it'll be like in the days of Noah. Hmm. No one will see it coming, and the ungodly will be swept away. Hmm. And the living will stay behind like Noah and his family. With who? With Jesus. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. So that's that's an example of, you know, I see where the rapture is built on these things, but in both texts that they point to, or that's lifted up, it's, it's spurious rather than reading carefully what Scripture is saying here. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm sorry. No, you, you, don't, you don't have to be. Um, so how, how much of, of what we understand about these things come from extra-biblical sources? Like when, when, you, when you both were gone, um, Pastor Cross talked about um, the, uh, the idea of hell. Mm-hmm. what hell is, a lot of that comes from Dante's Inferno, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So how much of this stuff, yeah, the imagery, how much of this stuff was never in the Bible? It it just, you know, you've got 2,000 years of fiction that came <laughs> in it, between. It, almost everything that comes out of dispensationalism. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you, when you hear about like Armageddon, the battle at Armageddon, yeah. what is said in Revelation is interpreted to be like, jet fighters and missiles. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't, it, it, you know, arrows become missiles and all the, you know, it's reading into scripture what we see in our own world, being worried about the direction of the world and being like, you know, this this must be what scripture is saying. And so you get people that will make prophecy mm-hmm. based on their reading of scripture. And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is every single person who said that the end of the world is coming has been wrong. Mm-hmm. Every single one. <laughs> There's yeah. not been one correct. The ones, the ones that have given a date. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of funny because it's kind of like that old saying, you know, I, I, um, I finally found my keys. It was in the last place that I looked. <laughs> well, yeah. well, I would hope so because if you're still looking, I mean, what's, what's the point? Right. I, there, Jesus says no one knows the day or the hour. Yep. And so any type of speculation about timing is going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. But you can see, you know, the stitches on the curveball. You can, because Jesus says there there will be signs mm-hmm. that the end is coming. Um, what I am saying and what the traditional view says is that we are called to be faithful. We are called to stay awake, which means to, to cling to Jesus in the midst of hardship and good times and trust in him over and against a roadmap. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or being on the right side of a political view, like I'm all for Israel because, um, you know, that's not a good reason to support Israel. Right. Because you're waiting for this prophecy to happen, which will bring about great tribulation to the entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, rather, it's trusting in Jesus and saying, you know, when the Lord is ready, he will bring an end to the suffering, the misery, the evil, the strife that's in the world. I mean, there's going to be a judgment, and this means a couple of things. It means that God is not indifferent to evil. Mm-hmm. God is not indifferent to pain and suffering. There there will be a perfect accounting. For the godly, this is good news. 
-hmm. For the ungodly, not so much. Right. Um, so, but when you get into the details of stuff, they, the details are constantly being adjusted. It's why we have, it's why we have the seventh day Adventists. It's why we have, um, the Mormon church. It's why we have all these different groups that come up and are reading scripture a certain way. Jehovah's witnesses, perfect Mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. Um, and are ex- and have expectations that are built in not from what scripture is saying but from the fervor of of a misreading mm-hmm. from my perspective of what scripture is saying right so the the comment it wasn't really a question it was a comment i've heard a lot about the second coming which uh the student has probably heard a lot of what we just talked about. Well, all, everything that we talked about is, is is the sensational stuff that you see on like the History Channel, right? Or yeah, you, you know, people make of documentaries yeah. of this stuff. Or the guy you listen to the radio that said they can make holograms, right? Know? Yeah. <laughs> so I've heard a lot about the second coming when Jesus comes back, and I just want more information about it. We don't really have a lot of the information, maybe that they're specifically looking for right um the the you know we don't know the day or the hour we don't know a lot of that stuff we just know that jesus is coming back right and i will share what is a more reliable i I guess i just i guess i just want to sum sum this up uh you know yeah well i want to share okay so i'm going to give a a a timeline okay a false timeline Mm -hmm. and a more reliable timeline of the end of all things. Okay. Okay. So the false timeline begins with Christ's visible earthly life at the cross. Mm-hmm. Okay. 30 AD. Because the the Jewish people, Israel, did not all, all follow Jesus in a mass action of faith, God stopped all of the promises that he had for Israel and they're being held until the thousand year reign of Jesus, where Israel will be put at the head of all tables mm-hmm. as a nation state. Okay. This is a false timeline. This is the false timeline. Right. This is the dispensational timeline. Yep. And the reason I say that it's false is that it's not entirely biblical. Mm-hmm. It requires a lot of uh, interpretation mm-hmm. of events in time as well as, Taking scripture out of context. This is known as the church age. So okay. the, the, the prophecy clock has been stopped. Mm-hmm. The day of the Lord has been stopped. See, if everyone would have believed in Jesus, if all the Israelites would have believed in Jesus, then the thousand year reign would begin and Israel would have been put at the t- head of all tables. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you have the church age. And then Christ will return secretly to resurrect or rapture all true Christians when the temple is restored and when Old Testament sacrifice is is begun again. Okay. Then the rapture will, will happen and the doomsday clock will be started again for seven years. Because now you have the seven-year tribulation where Satan, uh, the, the dragon, the beast, and the, the false prophet, the beast of the sea and the beast of the land, which is kind of like the uh, anti-God... Trinity compared to the Holy Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. For seven years, that'll go on. Then the Battle of Armageddon will take place, where there will be armies that will amass against 
Israel, it's thought that it would be like China and a conglomeration of the Arab states and um, like the European Union. Mm-hmm. Um, the United States is not in the picture. According to any reading of Revelation, mute, you just can't find it. Mute him. Mute him. We're, we're, just, we're out of it. We're, we're done for. <laughs> so the U.S. won't exist, I guess. Um, there will be a visible return of Christ to bind Satan and begin the millennium. That's after the, the Battle of Armageddon. Okay. Then there's a thousand literal years where all the promises for Israel uh, in the Old Testament are given. Okay. They'll, they'll be like the largest nation in the Middle East, and, and they'll be at the head of all tables. Okay. There will still be all the other nations, but Jesus will reign in Israel as the king for a thousand years. Okay. Then Satan is released. Okay. Okay. Um, and then uh, in order to tempt all of the nations... Mm-hmm. Um, and then the resurrection of the wicked will will bring about the final judgment, and then the old heaven and old earth will be destroyed, and a new heaven and a new earth will be begun. Okay, this is all false timeline. This is this is the false timeline. Yep. But this is probably the one that many people have heard, and and mm-hmm. it brings up all kinds of sensational questions. Right. Here's a more reliable timeline based on scriptural events. Okay. okay. And I'm going to give you um, five points. Okay. With scripture to back it up. Point number one, Jesus Christ binds Satan at the cross. Okay. By his death and resurrection, Jesus has bound or cast out Satan. And it says this in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 2, John chapter 12, verses 31 through 33, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, and Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Okay. I'm hoping that people will pause and re, re and back up the podcast over and over again. I should have been writing them down. I can put them in the description. Oh, there you go. The second point, and this is this, the, the figurative thousand-year reign of Christ, where a thousand means the entire reign of Christ. Mm-hmm. The difference right now is that we know it by faith and not by sight. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit time. Christ reigns through his church. Christ now reigns through his church during the figurative thousand years of Revelation chapter 20. This is Revelation chapter 20, verses 2 through 6. Uh, chapter 1, verses 5 through 6, chapter 5, verses 9 through 10. This is Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, where Jesus says, No, I am with you always to the end of the age. Okay. Um, Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. Okay, so this is what we're in right now. We're, okay. We are in the reign of Christ, okay. the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. which we talk about as Lutherans all the time. Yep. Right? All right. The third point mm-hmm. is that before Christ comes again, Satan will be released from his binding. In other words, the gospel right now hinders the devil. And Satan was bound from um, accusing the saints before God. There will be a releasing of him. Near the end of the world, Satan will be released to deceive the nations. This is from Revelation chapter 20, verse 3 and 7 and 8. Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 through 12. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. The fourth point. Um, the resurrection and judgment day. Mm-hmm. Jesus will return visibly, defeat Satan, raise the dead, and judge all people. Do you know how, how Jesus defeats Satan? No. Oh. He speaks a word. That's all it is. Well, for Jesus, it's it's the word. It's a divine word. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not by like Christians taking up arms. It's not by um, some war that goes on where we're fighting against all the ungodly. It's Christ speaking 
his word and and immediately Satan is is defeated. This says beat it. Pretty much. Okay. Uh, Jesus will return visibly, defeat Satan, raise the dead, and judge all people. This all happens in one event. Okay. Revelation chapter 20, verses 10 through 21. Um, oh, uh, t- uh, Revelation 20, verse 10 through, through chapter 21, verse 5. Revelation 11, chapter 11, verses 15 through 18. And Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. And then the fifth point is the eternity of heaven or hell. The wicked will go into everlasting fire, but the righteous will go into everlasting life, the new heavens and the new earth. From Revelation chapter 21, verses 6 through 8, Matthew chapter 13, verses 40 through 43, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. What's important to remember, whenever Jesus talks about the end times, it's not just this is going to happen. He always says the same thing. Endure. Be faithful. Mm-hmm. Even in Revelation, the, the main point of Revelation is not all this crazy stuff that happens. It's this point that's made over and over again. Jesus wins. Right. And so Revelation is written to be a word of hope, to not trust in the things of this world, the powers of this world, because they are uh, influenced by and under the dominion of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. Mm-hmm. Rather, cling to Christ, and what is not seen will be revealed in due time. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Any other questions, Ryan? Oh, I've got tons. Oh. I've got tons, but. Well, write them down. We can always come back to them at a different point. Um, <laughs> and again, when we're talking about things of speculation. Mm-hmm. And then that's all the questions mm-hmm. are, things yeah. of speculation. Well, and, and even, look, if, if dispensationalism is something that's important to you, I think the things that we hold on to are, will God be good to me? And can I be faithful to God in the midst of things I don't understand? Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't give us a timeline. He says, no one knows the day or the hour. Right. How this all unfolds is really in God's hands. And isn't faith trusting your future destiny, good or bad, in God's hands? I think so. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Cool. All right. You're going to paper, rock, scissors for praying us out of here today i've been talking non-stop yeah. my voice is getting scratchy so <laughs> you got it Ryan. So i think i oh. should be quiet <laughs> all right heavenly father thank you for this time lord thank you for um uh, pastor dj um helping sort some of this stuff out and thank you for our students uh here at atonement uh who come up with a lot of great questions and a lot of great insights and uh thank you for their curiosity and their desire to uh, learn and understand more to grow uh, closer to you. Uh, and God, I pray that um, that we would uh, just trust in you and put our faith in Jesus Christ um, to um, just for our our um, um, our well being and our our uh, um, our eternal souls, Lord. And so, God, I I thank you again uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. If you're looking for a place, just remember we are broadcasting services until Jesus comes back. And you can find... That is in Revelation somewhere. I I think it might be. It might be. (laughs) The gospel is preached until (laughs) Jesus comes back. Yep. Uh, So we we will be. You can find us at atonement.live. 
atonementfargo.org or by searching Atonement Fargo on the YouTubes. Um, you can watch services live at atonement.live or atonementfargo.org at, at 9 o'clock and 10.30 on Sunday mornings. Uh, on YouTube, you can find all of our uh, services um, uh, anytime. Anytime you want to look for them. So for Sarah DeYoung and Pastor DJ Lura, I'm Ryan Janke. Join us next time for another riveting episode of that podcast. Jen told me she could hear that down in her office, so I was trying to be loud. <laughs> <laughs>